We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Everybody, finally, for the sanity of this entire group of podcasters, this is the last aquatic horror that we're watching this summer. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Did you <laughs> add something else in there? I, I, I'm considering my last one of the summer to be one more, but I, I think that we're getting too close to uh, back to school. Well, I mean, back to school in normal times. So I don't think that, I think that we might need one more aquatic horror, but I, I'm not positive. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at the list. I'm like, please don't do this to me, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't love this? I did this to me. I know that I'm the asshole, but I'm, I'm ready. I like... First, okay, so we're talking about Deep Rising. 1998's Deep Rising. It was picked by Scott. We'll ask Scott why he watched it, but I can. I have one question about this movie. Why do they think it needs to be an hour and 45 minutes long? Because I sure don't know. I'm just going to be honest. I fast-forwarded through 25 minutes. It was an hour and 20 minutes for me. Well, so here's the good news, Brian. For some reason, whoever wrote this movie, which I used to love this movie, I still like it, but I don't mm. love it anymore. But this movie is 75% third act. Like, they just just flew through acts one and two, and then it's an hour of we've got to get away from the monster. Yeah, and I, like, maybe henchmen die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I, when I fast-forwarded through 25 minutes, all of the main characters were still 
standing. Q Elton John. <laughs> I'm still standing. Uh, so Scott, why did you pick Deep Rising? Uh, Vanka Jensen and the dude from Lord of Illusions back to back again. Uh, uh, so <laughs> this is our our uh, our third Vanka Jensen movie in probably as many months. Can't remember when House of Hunter Hill came out. Maybe April, but Vanka Jackson. oh my god that's such a deep 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 reference point yeah you got to explain that with me because i thought it was just him being weird it's from the 10 trailer when he's going through he starts introducing all the people but then just gets weirder and weirder with announcing the names when it comes to her he's like (laughs) it's one of the best trailers i've ever seen but yeah it's some good shit one of these days we should actually try to the problem is i would say we should try to pick it for patreon but i also think that it's such an obscure movie that no one would actually end up voting for it no, so, yeah, shit, dude we had to watch buckaroo bonsai that, that, but that, that was that was well known that's that's a beloved sci-fi action movie are you some. sure I, I, but he did pick it after ready player one came out and i think people like me were oh, like i've never ready seen this movie but I at least know that it exists because I just watched this movie. Yeah, that could have been it too. And I sure didn't watch Ready Player One. So, uh, you know, funny little side note about Buckaroo Banzai. I went through my, I found a uh, like a container of old comics and um, I was looking through them. And what do I find but Buckaroo Banzai, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai comic book, two of two. It was the comic adaptation of, yes. <laughs> I might just save that and give it to Matt because it'll go great with my freaked comic book adaptation that I have. But I, but like I only have two of two. I don't have one of two. So that's fine. I love collecting shitty. Like I have the first fifteen issues of the Fright Night comic book series because it, the first like six is just an adaptation of the first Fright Night movie, and then the rest are like Monster of the Week, Tales of the Boy, and the and Vincent just going on a on a search to find other vampires to kill. That sounds amazing. It was a pretty solid comic, I must say. My my friend who ran a comic book store was like doing a big like Memorial Day sale where all of his back issues were 25 cents and he had the first like 16 and I was like, "Ooh, I'll grab these." You just took all of them? Yeah, I just took the whole run. I was like, "All right, 25 cents a comic, that's like 4 bucks. Let's do this." Hell yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't buy comics anymore, but I can fuck with some like $25 comics from the 80s. That's how I got almost an entire set of New Mutants. You go to like a comic book convention or you go to like a like small mom and pops comic book shop when they're doing some type of holiday extravaganza and they will like you'll always find like one dollar comics or 50 cent comics because they're just trying to get rid of like their back issues and it's great because you and i are kind of the kids who don't care that everyone hates the 90s run of marvel comics so like to most comic book people it's like oh these are worthless but to you and i it's like this is my childhood yeah and i just want to read the stories i don't give a fuck (laughs) about like the idea of a comic being worth a lot of money is weird to me because comics are just they're disposable entertainment that's what they've always been and i guess that's why like the ones that are still around and in good condition are collector's items but they're meant to be read it's almost eight minutes in the episode and we've talked about comic books and the trailer for the 10 you can tell how excited we are to talk about deep rising i'm excited to talk about deep rising you went off on a tangent and i 
am like cat with a toy, you know? You're, it's yeah, like I'm just flashing a light in the corner, and you're like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Right, like, so, so Deep Rising beyond the Lord of Illusions connection, what else was was driving you on this one? Well, it's just such an iconically bad movie that I was like, well, we're doing aquatic horror, and I remember it being pretty shitty. I didn't even think it was that great in the 90s when I saw it on VHS because the CGI was shitty, but I did remember how gooey the skeletons were, and I was like, oh, Vanka Jensen and gooey skeletons pretty much sells it for me. And I, and I mean, the important thing to remember is 1998, I rented this pretty much as soon as it was available on VHS, which puts me at like 12, 13 years old, which is like the perfect age to be like, yo, Deep Rising's the shit. But but I also remember like buying it, seeing it at like a yard sale and being like, oh man, Deep Rising, that was the shit. And and watching it and being like, oh. Oh, no. I was so wrong. It's it's like when we open up Zencaster, when you like reformat your computer like I did this week, it asks me what I want my input microphone to be. And then it says, remember this decision, question mark? And I'm like, remember this decision. And that's kind of the way Deep Rising is. I remember the biggest thing for me is thinking that, uh, and I never wrote down his name because it was ridiculous. So I just refer to him as Comic Relief. But remember thinking that Comic Relief was so funny as a kid and like now watching him like he just yells he's just like a bad bobcat goldthwaite impression yes in the whole he movie. is exactly did i catch you too lip locking yeah it's just like oh my god what is happening <laughs> he's I think literally a sam raimi character that doesn't realize he's not in a sam raimi movie I wrote down the comic relief in this movie is just very loud misfires. <laughs> like, but yet he's probably the most remem- like memorable character in the whole movie because everyone else is just like generic pirate number one. They're not pirates. They're mercenaries. Whatever. Whatever. Read a book. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like, so like the comic relief character's girlfriend gets like got pretty early oh, in the movie. Chick with the muscles. Check I, with the muscles. I, I do enjoy how much these monsters love eating ass because it doesn't <laughs> happen just once. <laughs> well, it's like it gets the girlfriend and like the thing that bothers me more than that, like it's very unceremonious when she dies. You, I feel like I remembered her living a lot longer, but like when he finds out that she's dead, it's like little more than a shrug. Like he's just like... Huh. Oh, oh, his girlfriend, his girlfriend. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the girl that got Tommy Boyd. Um, oh, no, she didn't get Tommy Boyd. She got ghoulied. <laughs> yeah. They'll get, get, get you in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that toilet death was like the whole trailer for this movie back in 1998. Great times. I, I don't actually remember the trailer. I don't know how I found out about this movie. I must have been, no, I, don't, I was about to say I must have been working at the, Video store, but I wasn't. I was probably just there all the time. So do you want to know how I remember the trailer? Because this is a Matt Kelly's a super cool cat type story. All right, let's hear it. Embarrass yourself. Every Saturday morning, I would run downstairs at like 6 in the morning because on E! They had a show called Coming Attractions where for 30 minutes, they'd just play trailers for movies that were coming out soon. I hate you. <laughs> I do. I don't like you, and I think it's important that I let you know that. <laughs> let me talk. Let's talk about trailers because I have nothing to talk about this movie. Um, I, I and and then we'll get back to the movie. I just want to point out something. And, and Amazon Prime, if you're listening, I appreciate if you don't have a trailer at hand 
to just take a clip from a movie. But could you try a little harder? Because every time I'm like, I wonder if this movie's good. And I, it's a horror movie too. And I hit view trailer and it's just like a guy sipping a cup of coffee at, at the kitchen table. And his wife's like, long day. He's like, yep. What do you got to do? Go to work. And then it just fades out. And I know nothing about the movie. I'm about <laughs> well, I think that there are two things that you need to, to realize here. One, this that's kind of like the antithesis to all of the trailers that show you everything and suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way they, things used to be. I mean, before COVID. But now you got so you got the antithesis, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want that." Yeah. <laughs> well, but also, your your problem is that you're expecting quality anything from Amazon Prime. If, do you know how many times all? Well, you and I have been burnt by trying to watch a movie on Prime because it came up and looked kind of interesting. Yeah, that's true. And also, they follow our Trello. I'm I'm positive that Amazon <laughs> Prime has access to our Trello, and they're like, okay, let's see. Hmm, they're going to record this movie in March. Okay, so February will take it off Prime. <laughs> yeah, that's no shit. And they're going to try to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> they are assholes. I shouldn't have sent them that invite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this movie's got like seven villains in it, but let's talk about the rich yacht cruise ship owner villain who is introduced in this movie when the monster hasn't attacked yet. And he gives this speech where he's declaring it toast. And he's like, so delightful, so wonderful, so rich. And then like the whole crowd just laughs. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, the Titanic, right? The Titanic, that could have been... An insurance scam. I'm not saying it was, but I'm saying it could have been, and it would have been. Get a good out of here with your goddamn conspiracy theories. It's I'm too early. Saying, I'm just saying it could have been, and that's a good one. Like, oh, you hit a you hit an iceberg, no questions asked. If you're trying to pull one over on the insurance, you don't think they're going to investigate torpedoes hitting your ship? <laughs> they're not going to look any further into that and be like, oh, a classic case of shot down by torpedoes. Open and shut case, Johnson. Let's give them their money. That is such a that is the one thing that could happen to a ship that requires a deep investigation, I feel like. Well, you know, he simply misjudged the market. (laughs) His whole, like, this is one of those movies where, like, as they unveil more and more of, like, how did we get here? I'm like, this is ungodly stupid. (laughs) Like, I am going to hire missionaries to torpedo my Mercenaries. Missionaries. No, they're trying to convert people to Judaism, right? (laughs) (laughs) God fucking damn it. <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's so layered. It's so complicated and so stupid simultaneously. So I got a question. So I watched this on the DVD that I bought at a yard sale many years ago. And one of the things that was happening on my DVD, and I'm curious if this was happening wherever you guys watched it. Whenever there's like a human being standing next to a CGI monster, does the image quality just get saturated as fuck? Mm. Uh, well, Brian and I watched it on YouTube, YouTube. so the okay. it was basically watching pixels eat other pixels. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Fast. So, like the scene where like the comedic relief guy is standing there, and like you see the giant tentacle kind of like swoop down behind him. Yeah. Like the picture quality goes from very clear to like a weird yellow tint. And like really grainy on my DVD as if like it wasn't rendered. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they probably didn't have computers 
well, they didn't have enough money to, to get computers strong enough to render correctly because and that's the worst thing about this movie is that they really oh god this is a terrible pun i didn't didn't even mean to say it but i'm gonna say it anyway they bit off more than they could chew they did I, but it's one of those things where you look at it and you wonder like i can't help but watch this and wonder would they have been better off because 1998 is not cheap cgi era to me like well you can make the cgi but then rendering it is the more expensive part because you have to use very 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 powerful computers yeah i'm just wondering if it would have been beneficial to them financially to have just gone practical effects for well for they as did, much of the monsters they could they did practical effects for the all like that one um hallway where it's just like literally littered with body or with skeletons goo oh. and gore no, they had, like, like, really practical. Good, i don't know who their practical effects team was i didn't even look it up because i didn't care that much but the, whoever did it was very competent and yeah. i don't understand why they <laughs> you couldn't hire that guy to make a couple tentacles like if you wanted like the final monster to be cgi because it would be like too big of an undertaking i get it but like most of this movie's just like a tentacle moving around you could make one tentacle and use it for every Dude, single speed this movie <laughs> is just literally a water version of the thing 1982 and the thing because there's literally a part where the um the guy from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, who's Dr. Jekyll, he's he shoots the tentacle and it goes up the fire flue or whatever in the kitchen. That's literally it. Hap- that happens in the thing. They could have easily made a tentacle. Yeah. Well, I will say the coolest scene in the movie, it's kind of the movie that I think most of us always remember who grew up watching it, is when you first see those tentacles and they shoot the tentacle open and the like half digested body drops out and is oh, walking around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only point where any of the CGI looks semi decent, but it's probably cause it looks like it's part practical, part CGI, like to enhance the practical, which is, you know, as we've discussed the best way to use CGI using CGI to enhance and make a practical more lifelike is always better than just deciding that the entire monster should be built in a computer and call it a day. And that scene has always been like, even when I was watching this and I was like, man, this movie's not as good as I remember. <laughs> like that, that scene happened. I was like, all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> that I feel like you right said there. dope. You were like, yeah. that's pretty dope. That's dope. That's Yo. dope. That's dang. Yo. Thank that's I, well, badass you, right there. That yeah, is badass. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's. I mean, the movie the movie ebbs and flows for for, for a generous review of it. I, well, a couple things. I I really want to give kudos to them because they don't even show any of the tentacles until the fifty five minute mark. That said, that might be to his detriment because it's an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah. But then also, these fuckers would be so deaf from shooting all of their like automatic like handheld oh, Gatling guns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hope that they had, you know how Star Wars was called, like A New Hope was called Blue Harvest. That was yeah. the working title because they didn't want anybody to know what it actually was. I imagine that this movie's working title was, what? <laughs> <laughs> A Steve Austin story. <laughs> so, I mean, I got nothing. Well, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, here are a couple things that really bother me about the creature because I love the concept of the creature, but I hate the architect, whatever the fuck he was, the guy that made the ship and was like, I misjudged the market. He knows about these the miniature versions of be, before you get the huge surprise that it's actually like an elder god sea creature. He's like, they're 30,000 meters there, a foot long. You do the math. And I'm like, I don't do math, so why don't you explain it to me? But also, um, he he just has like this weird exposition where he's he's literally just an asshole, except for that one point where he's like, oh, I have all this wonderful knowledge that we then completely threw away. Yeah. Uh, but But we're, you know, like, it really bugs me that how would a deep sea creature have vocal cords? Because when, and it roars. Because even the like, this is a really loud, abrasive movie. When I was watching it, um, I was really uncomfortable. Not because it was making me like nervous or there was tension of any sort. Um, it was literally just because everybody's yelling. There's a fuck ton of gunfire. And then every time you see one of the tentacles, it's screeching at you like a lion. And then when you see the big monster, it's screeching at you like a big, big lion. And that makes no sense because why would a deep sea creature have vocal cords, especially vocal cords on every one of its fingers? Um, and then why would it also have eyes that would work if it lives in the basically like the abyssal area of um, the sea where no light can can make it there because that's the implication is that it's so far down in the sea that it's that big but also what the fuck is it eating to get that big and how would it know to eat humans it does there's so many questions that are not answered but the bigger question with all these really unrealistic evolutionary traits of the sea creature how in the fuck would a sea creature come up from the depths be that big and gelatinous and not explode from decompression. I mean, these are all the questions we need to have answered in Deep Rising 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the other question I have, which is a little bit more technical uh, from like an electrical perspective is, can you really open an elevator door or like a, a, an electric door by shooting the fuck out of the controls? Someone's had to have done it. Yeah, Treat Williams did it in a Deep Rising. Uh, I like to call Treat Williams the Kmart lawnmower man. Oh, see, I saw him as kind of the Kmart Bill Paxton. He wishes he was the Kmart Bill Paxton. <laughs> He's like the Walmart Bill Paxton at most. Uh, I feel like Kmart is lower than Walmart, my friend. Eh, probably. I don't know. I, I haven't left the house in a bit, so I can't really do these rankings anymore. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the, That's, the That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? All right, so anything else? They washed up on Skull Island. That's the last yes. thing I have to say. Yes, they did. And what a ballsy move, hoping for a for a sequel to this one, guys. <laughs> they just wanted to re. They they probably like rented that lion sound effect, and they were like, "Fuck, we got to use it." Yeah, we're getting our money's worth out of this. Yeah, yeah. thing. We'll be back to this week's episode, but first, let's talk about this week's sponsor, Best Fiends. Best Fiends has taken over my days evenings and nights wake up best fiends lunch break best fiends podcasting best fiends going to bed best fiends it's that perfect casual gaming experience that i need to keep me happy and moving forward each day i love all my little teammates but specifically my boy howie you best fiend players out there know what i'm talking about my squad has helped me climb to level 545 in a matter of months and the sky is the limit on where i'll be next there's plenty of levels and a new challenge always ahead of me so engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And now, back to the show. Scott, you picked this. What's your double feature with this? Well, am I trying to salvage my night or just make it stupider? Uh, your call. Mine's definitely making it stupider. Mine's salvaging. Well, okay, then I have one for both of you. And I don't think either of you are going to take them. So um, if I was Matt, I would mix, or I would double feature this. I would follow up with Phantoms. Okay. Dean Koontz's Phantoms, starring Ben Affleck. He was the bomb in Phantoms. Phantoms has, I, I will stand by, Phantoms has a really good first, like, 25 minutes. Yeah, so does the book. Yeah, it just falls off a fucking cliff after that. Man, fucking Roanoke and, and all that. Oh, god damn fucking Phantoms. All Dean right, so Koontz, that's the Kmart Stephen King there. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's my uh, hot take. But then also, uh, if I'm trying to save my night, I'm going to watch Underwater from 2020 because that movie damn was it. the bomb. That was mine. Oh, really? I'm sorry. It's all right. I had a backup. I'll go. Well, then I'll let you go because I have a backup and I don't want to be the one that takes yours. Go. Well. <laughs> Scott ruined my night because I was going to, so I had underwater in hand and Scott said, no, that's mine. So then I said, okay. And then I picked up deep star six. Oh (laughs) yeah. An almost pick on this show for 250 plus episodes. I'll probably pick it eventually. I'm sure you will. (laughs) Honestly, I thought that the trailer, so I always remembered that cover. 
And then something in my brain told me that that cover was for, I'll wait until you say yours, <laughs> but I thought it was for a different movie uh, that we had already done. Oh, no, and, I haven't done it. No, you can say because I. Okay, Leviathan. So I just assumed uh, like, oh, we already did that. And then I was like, wait a second, we had not. So my night's going to get progressively worse from Deep Rising because Deep Rising is a big, loud, dumb movie, but it, it's kind of fun. It's got its moments. So I'm sitting there watching that that cruise ship just get decimated. And I'm like, man, there's, oh, another, there's yeah. another movie that started off with a pretty gnarly massacre of a ship. And then it just fucking falls off a cliff after that. So I'm going to pop in Ghost Ship and at least watch the first 15 minutes. Dude, yeah. <laughs> but then maybe just tell everyone to get the hell out of my house. That's another movie that has way too much CGI. <laughs> way, 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 way too much. And again really only good for the first couple minutes and then it's like oh no now we've only got the remaining survivors fighting this ghost ship and i could care less yeah and you could do a triple feature you know you you start with deep rising do ghost ship and then you do triangle yeah oh man triangle so much fun is uh, it the, though the other one that i was tempted to pick as a double feature was alien just for when they shoot the tentacles and all the acid sprays on them. But does that okay? So does that acid actually burn the one dude, it or is he just grossed out? Shit! That's the thing that bothers <laughs> me. It's like, oh man, they're introducing the fact that they can't even shoot the creature, and it's like, oh, no, 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 they can do whatever they want. Oh, you know what? We did forget one major thing in this movie while reviewing it. So real quick, pause. We're gonna jump back to the movie for a second. Treat Williams flying out of an exploding ship on a sea uh, doo <laughs> on a sea doo jet ski thing which became the cover of the movie was the final shot of the movie yeah i guess there's a theatrical poster is a gigantic monster eye which i think is a much cooler poster personally That's a superior's but- poster to treat williams just riding like the guy riding a bomb at the end of dr strange love <laughs> riding this jet ski through an explosion uh all right so back to what we normally do at this point of the show scott so what is something that you watch that you want to say hey check it out well i want to stay with the water monster shit and i had the weirdest craving to rewatch pacific rim and it is so dumb and so fun <laughs> that I was like, fuck, I never watched Pacific Rim 2 Uprising. So I watched that, and that was a mistake. Yeah, Pacific Rim 2 is real bad. <laughs> Fucking John Boyega, is, he, he's so charming and gives his all and everything, but he, he couldn't save that movie. I fast-forwarded through so much of that movie. I wonder if Pacific Rim 2's working title was Robot Jocks. Uh, <laughs> so, so for me, I uh, watched a newer show that's on Netflix that I really, really liked. At the time, it was like one of the most the the top 10 trending shows on Netflix, but it, it dropped from there like the following week, which I hope means that people haven't just decided, eh, not for me. And uh, if you didn't check it out, I recommend watching Never Have I Ever, which is uh, a really fun, cute, like, teen show type thing about a girl trying to reinvent herself as a popular kid. Uh, but it's it's very funny. It's very charming. It's It was a nice way to kill an afternoon. But I highly, highly recommend giving it a shot. Weird. Um, I didn't watch many things, but I did watch... <laughs> I, I said I needed to decompress yesterday, so I popped on Citizen Kane. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
that's really like the only thing I've watched this week because I've been traveling so much. And uh, I don't think I need to say much about Citizen Kane. I think people know it's a, a good movie. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of known for being a good movie. And it, it was fun. It was a nice but little two hours. You're also forgetting the more important thing you watched, which really shook you to your core. The... Um, the theme for Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I am I am such a poser. Every video I have ever edited has just been the theme to Malcolm in the Middle. And I am embarrassed to admit that. But the thing, so Wizard Behind the Curtain, he messages us that yesterday. And I'm like, explain. And so he sends the, because I never watched Malcolm in the Middle. I knew the You're Not the Boss of Me Now song, but I'd never watched the actual intro. And it's just like, I think Brian's words in the message were, you know, I thought that I was ripping off Rob Zombie and all of my video work. No, it's Malcolm in the Middle, and I'm like, please explain. It, it literally is. There's like explosions and quick cuts, and and the 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 way the glitch. that glitch, yes, and the 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 color. However, you do. I don't. I, I don't know the terminology, but man, it's it was so spot on. And I've. It's probably been a long time since I said this, but no one burns a Kelly like a Kelly. So self burn. Ooh, self burn. Ooh, the worst kind. All right, so that was Deep Rising, as picked by Scott from 1998. And next week, we're still hanging out in the 90s, but we're going sequel, baby. We're doing the follow-up to one of the most beloved movies that we've covered on this show. Uh, we had a blast watching part two of this movie. Now, because of me, we're going to watch part three. And uh, tune in. <laughs> so... We'll be back next week. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. 
So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 